Welcome to the Essay for FAs Asset Allocator Podcast, a series that addresses issues of current interest to financial advisors, including ETFs, asset allocation, and the economy. I am your host, Gil Weinrich of Seeking Alpha, and our topic today is what we are to make of the Treasury yield curve, which has been inverted now for more than a quarter and thought to be a solid recession indicator. If there were a prize for clickbait, it should definitely go to an article appearing on Slate last week whose headline screamed, The single most reliable recession indicator of the past 50 years has officially started blaring. That's masterful because it combines scary terms such as recession indicator and blaring with authoritative sounding elements such as the single most reliable and past 50 years. So what is the phenomenon of which we are warned? It is the inverted yield curve, which started inverting back in March and has now remained inverted for a full quarter. In essence, that means you get higher interest for locking up your money for short durations than for long ones. Slate notes that a yield curve inversion has preceded each of the past seven recessions without fail for the past 50 years. As the Slate article puts it, if securities could talk, they'd be screaming bloody murder about trouble ahead. Well, for better or worse, probably better, securities do not talk, and it's by no means clear what they'd be screaming. 50 years is a blip in economic history. The yield curve signal did not predict the 1953 recession. We could revert back to that pattern. The Slate article's most valuable contribution is its last paragraph, where the author quotes the discoverer of the yield curve recession predictor, Campbell Harvey, who says there have only been a handful of recessions over the decades, meaning we're trying to predict the future based on a small sample size of historical events. I take no position on when the next recession will occur. My quibble is with the idea that securities are screaming about trouble ahead because the implication is that we should change our investment strategy at this time, which to my mind is a much bigger risk. There is no reliable sell signal. If there were, everyone would use it until its potency as a signal eroded. Rather, what market history does tell us is that investors earn their reward for taking on risk. Specifically, stocks pay us a high return because markets eventually crash and burn, so the high return on investment is the inducement to get in despite this peril. Therefore, what we should be doing, it seems to me, is determine an asset allocation that enables us to remain invested. That will vary investor to investor but something along the lines of having two or more years of cash or cash equivalents can provide the safety net needed to keep on performing the high-wire act we call stock investing. All that said, I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about an inverted yield curve. When you take bonds of equal credit quality, but with differing maturities, logic dictates that you would get paid more for longer duration investments and less for short duration investments. It makes no sense that I could get paid almost identical interest for a one-year T-bill and a 10-year treasury bond today. Why would I want to lock up my money for 10 years? To me, that is a signal that something is wrong with markets. There's an even more frightening scenario than an inverted yield curve in bond markets today. In numerous global markets outside of the U.S., it is the investors that have to pay interest for the privilege of lending the government money. In Switzerland, the fee for lending to the government is extended all the way out to 30-year bonds. When the history of this period is written, the absurdities of an inverted yield curve and negative interest rates will one day explain just how unstable financial markets really were. But I don't anticipate any near-term crisis, paradoxically, precisely because rates remain low. If they rose to quote-unquote healthier levels, that could signal that investors demand compensation for the risk of government bonds. Bond vigilantes may come riding into town one day, a good reason to be leery of bonds. 
but for now, it's probably best for advisors to help clients take appropriate levels of risk in the stock market with their homes and cash serving as cushion for this risk. The bond market is wacky enough to avoid altogether, though a case could be made for scooping up one-year T-bills, which are paying 1.98%, five basis points more than you could get for a seven-year bond. In other words, if the yield curve is inverted, securities may be screaming, stay clear of medium or long-term bonds. You don't get paid for locking up your money. Finally, a special note to listeners seeking Alpha's new Let's Talk ETFs podcast, hosted by my esteemed colleague and friend Jonathan Liss, features conversations with ETF issuers, asset managers, index providers, and investment advisors that explore ways ETFs can help investors reach their financial goals. I encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Thanks for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please leave a review on Apple or Google Podcasts so that others can discover this series. Meanwhile, you can contact me at gill at seekingalpha.com if you have feedback or requests, and make sure to subscribe wherever you get podcasts.